nerves do as they're going through their issues too that the Lord would use them to draw them near to, to himself and the pain can be profitable if we view it right and respond correctly so as you guys know we are going through seeking God and we're on why we don't seek God and last time we mentioned um, that if you don't have a desire, if there's no desire in your heart to seek after God, then we have to ask a question, are we really God's? Because God will put that desire in us when we come to Him and give our life to Him and become His children. So if you don't see the desire, a big reason may be you've gone through the motions. You've come because your wife has come. And your parents told you to. So make sure, if you don't have a desire to seek after God, um, are you really His child? And that demands a recognition of our sinfulness, His holiness, and what was done on the cross and our acceptance of that. So I never want to gloss over that because occasionally um, people will be in church and not be children of God. They'll actually get through the deacons and be members of church because they know the right words. So look into your heart if you don't have the desire and um, do business with the Lord. So now we're going on to the second point. And I would say that as we ask you guys to say, what's one reason, why wouldn't we seek God? The number one thing out of your guys' mouth and mine is... Pride. Pride. Mm-hmm. Busy. I was looking for busy. Um, everybody universally, when we wrote them on the board last time, said, just busy. I want to. I have the desire. I know I'm a child of God, but I'm just so busy. And it's so hard for me to wake up a little bit earlier, or I'm just too busy. The demands of this life, the demands of our work, our families, etc. So we're going to turn to Luke. <clears throat> And, you know, as we've been going through seeking God, we've taken out encounters from the scriptures of when people were seeking God and seeing why they were seeking God, the results of that. So if you guys can turn to Luke. Luke 10. Today we're going to talk about the cure for busyness, if there is one. Um, okay, Luke 10, 38 through 42. Well-known story to everybody, but we're going to look into that story. Somebody want to read that for me? Luke 10, 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Thank you, Lori. Okay, so let's look at this story in the context of our lives, being busy. All right, we got two ladies here. We know Mary and Martha from before, um, who, who they are, and we're not going to go into detail of that, but we're going to look at two responses to people seeking Jesus. Okay, first question, or I guess first um Martha did a pretty good thing, right? She opened up her home to Jesus and the disciples. Admirable, right? Would everybody agree with that? What does that say about her? Maybe what? She was hospitable, serving, wanted to serve. What else? Generous. Generous, exactly. All the disciples, who knows how many there were, but a large group of men coming in. She opens up her home, sacrificial, kind, generous. 
So Mary opened up her heart, her home, to Jesus. I mean, Martha, what did Mary do? What's the difference here? So we're looking for cures. What's the cure for being too busy? Martha did a good thing. Would anybody argue with that? Man, Jesus, come into my home. Bring your disciples. I'll prepare a meal for you. Prepare my home. Come on in. So what did Mar or what did Mary do? What did Mary do? She had more good. feet listening to what he was teaching. Listening to teaching. All right, so what does that tell you about Mary? So we got Martha, sacrificial, servant, kind, great stuff. What about and Mary? Mary's more focused on him and his work. Martha was more focused on the task, the task at hand. Yeah. Interesting. So when we're looking at the busyness of our life, you know, what, where is our focus? I said, so we have to look into, um, you know, you gotta, you've opened your heart, which I believe everybody in here has, opened your heart to Jesus and welcomed him in, right? But there can be a difference between opening your heart and saying, Jesus, come in, versus what's better? What's better than opening your heart and saying, Jesus, come in? Seeking after him. Right? That's going to come. Opening your heart versus... This is a big crux of the matter. You see the difference in Mary and Martha. An open heart is good, but what's better? Opening your heart to come in or saying, Jesus, here's my heart. You have all of me. There's a difference. Because I can open Jesus, open my heart to Jesus and say, come into my heart. But I can still go do what I want to do. So in other words, it's, Jesus, I want you wherever I go. Jesus, I want you to bless me what I do. Be, be the difference saying, Lord, you direct my life. I only want to do what you want me to do. I only want to go where you want me to go. You see the difference between opening your heart and giving your heart? So we have to look. If we're too busy, what have we done? Yeah, we opened our heart to Jesus, but have we given it? Given a heart. Jesus. See the difference. So if we're being too busy, if we're too busy, you might be doing good stuff. Serving the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. It's good. But have you given your heart totally an absolute surrender? Holding on to no part of your life. What did I say? What's the difference between those two? One says, I love you, Jesus, and I want you to be with me wherever I go and whatever I do. Sounds good. Whatever I do, wherever I go. The other one says, or that says, I'm in charge, just bless what I do. I want to work there, Lord, you bless it. That's versus the other says, Lord, I love you, and I will go wherever you want me to go and do whatever you want me to do. I am all yours. I am all yours. Not my agenda, not my plans, not my schedule, but yours. So you see the difference. Mary and Martha. One had given heart completely to Jesus. One had opened the heart to Jesus. There's a big distinction there. Okay, so let's go on to number two. Um, so Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening. Again, that's showing that she's, she wants to know who Jesus is, right? She says, here's my heart, Lord. Prune me, peer me, purify me, teach me, show me. And then Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So why was not 
marry the one who was distracted. Couldn't I say Mary was distracted? We need to prepare the meal. So why, why are we saying Martha's distracted and not Mary? Who was really distracted? Martha was distracted. How can we say that? Because I could say, well, wait a minute, I needed to get this meal on the table for these men. Why are you sitting more down there? She's concerned about feeding them than feeding herself. So what's the big picture? She's distracted from what's most important. They're both distracted, if you want to put it that way, but she's distracted. Martha's distracted from the thing that counts, the thing that's important. Right. James? Yeah, I think of the book Jim Collins' Good to Great, and mm -hmm. the thought process behind that book is a lot of businesses settle with what is good, but they miss out totally on what is great because their focus is only on what's good. And mm -hmm. In this story, what Martha was doing was good, but what Mary was doing was great, and Martha was missing out because her focus was just on the good. Right. It's where your focus is, what you're determining is. So what, what determines that Mary is distracted is saying, Jesus is my focus. Jesus is my purpose. <clears throat> So Martha, you're the one distracted. Where is my focus? So Marcus, Martha's focus is on the preparation, right? Mary's was focused on Jesus. So it really depends on what? What is the goal? What is the big picture? I, I meant to bring five by seven cards because it's going to have you write down on the card. Honestly, what's the big picture of your life? What's the goal? What's the primary <coughs> purpose? What's the focus of your life? And write it in one sentence on that card. Does anybody care to say what theirs would be honestly? You can do it. You can write it in your Bible. You can go home and do it. But what's the big picture? What's the focus? Again, we're looking at, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to sit with Jesus like Mary. What's the focus, the primary purpose of your life? If my focus is Jesus versus stuff, I won't be distracted because that's my goal. Does anybody care to venture? What, is, what has been? I know mine can easily get off into my work quickly, my family quickly, the concerns of today. I'm preparing for this and too busy being distracted. I'm thinking, gosh, I got all this stuff to do at work. I got kids I want to play with. They're asking me to do this, do this. I got a wife who needs some attention. I'm thinking, man. Well, what is. But practically, I mean, mm -hmm. if Martha just sat there and, like, sat at Jesus' feet, no meal would have got prepared, nobody would have got served. I don't get to wake up tomorrow morning right. and just sit and wait for Jesus to move me out the front door of my house. Right. Uh, and we're getting to that. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And we're getting to that. Well, I've, you know, the, this whole time I've been thinking about the, um, has anybody heard, ever heard the analogy of the putting something in a jar, you know, and a woman would have um, nuts, walnuts is when I heard this analogy, and then you have rice and sand, and if you put the, fill the jar with sand, you have no room for anything. But um, what's most valuable? Mm -hmm. The nuts are the mm -hmm. most valuable. You put those in, and then if you add some rice, you can actually get some rice in, and then when you add the sand, it will all um, filter in. Filter Maybe you could put all your quantities that you planned on putting in. Right. Um, and so, you know. Amazing what you can get in your life when Jesus is first. When, yeah, it's a priorities right. issue. Well, that's another question. I mean, what if, what if he doesn't show you anything? I mean, we're just stuck here in, in the slavery of this capitalistic system trying to pay bills and right. get out of debt and run around week by week and, you know, there's right. no grandiose calling or mission or whatever. Like, what are you supposed to do? Right. Well, th that's a good question. And, but we all have a grandiose calling and mission. It's to know Christ. And we view the world through that. So I've got debt. You view it through Christ. You know what I mean? Then you're growing. We can't... Our I guess what I'm saying is, like, our, a lot of our busyness is, are things we can't just... We can't just sit down and do nothing. Right. Like, you'd be irresponsible. Right. I can't just say, I'm not going to go to work. I can't call these patients back. i got to look yeah. up their labs. Absolutely. 
all day, though. What's I don't up? think that's the point. I don't think it's the only thing. You, it's your priority. It's your most important right. thing. Not the only thing. Right. So, and I'll get a little bit to it, but what do you think would have happened? What do you think would have happened? We don't know. But what are you lear- learning from other scriptures? What do you think would have happened if Martha would have sat down and said, I just want to listen to Jesus? Maybe Jesus would have performed another miracle. <laughs> right. What about the fishes and the loaves? <laughs> right. Hey, Martha, let me give me that bread of basket there. Break it, break it, break it. Everybody's fed. Now, he may not necessarily do that in our life in that dramatic of a way. But when we sit before Jesus, he gives you the opportunity to see how amazing he is. Look at Chris. Look at that family. I mean, you have the opportunity to see the faithfulness, the love of God when you sit before him. When we're distracted, when our primary goal is the world, the world, the world, we will miss out on knowing God intimate, <coughs> intimately and receiving the blessings of that. Yeah, Chris. The one word keeps coming to me when all this is being said, you have the open heart first. To give, I use, I put the other O when they be obedient. If you're mm-hmm. obedient to God and getting time with Him and doing what He says, I mean, any situation in life, it's a bit hard right now, but right. it's not easy. But right. Josh's family, the church family, is a huge help. God will life. move people, absolutely. That's what God He's, has planned it for. But being faithful. obedient, I don't know. In Luke, I, I don't know if he actually says this, but it, maybe if nobody ate, then Jesus would have said, I'm the bread of life, right. and I satisfy you, right. and would have driven home better their hunger for him mm-hmm. as they are, like when we fast. So, Right. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who knows what, but yeah. we have examples from scriptures that God will fill you. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, to me, it's a matter of trust. Like, trusting the Lord mm-hmm. to either move in the circumstances or change my heart mm-hmm. to be content with whatever the thing is. If the circumstances right. don't change, mm-hmm. the bigger thing mm-hmm. is that He changes me. Right. You know, to, to accept right. whatever those... Right circumstances are. But either way, he's the one doing it. Right. We just have to trust that he's going to do something. And to me, the greater work is changing me. Right. Than just making all my situations great everywhere I go. Oh, God, bless me here, bless me here, bless me here. Instead of saying, change my heart, doesn't matter where you put me, God, I'm content. That's the greater work. I think that's why... I always think it takes so much faith to pray because you think if you spend any amount of time in prayer, that is just giving to God time when you could be doing something of Mm -hmm. your own power and seeing some physical results. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can spend 20 minutes in the morning praying or I can go clean up the dishes I didn't do last night and get started on breakfast. That's pressing. That needs to Mm -hmm. be done. I feel better when it gets done. But if I have faith and I pray to the Mm -hmm. Lord, needs or needs of others... That's, that's faith, because right. I don't walk away with all my prayers answered. Right. <clears throat> but it's that time, it's that intimacy, and we're going to get into that. James, did you raise your yeah, hand? Yeah, no, just sharing with Shane a lot of his feelings. It's uh, sometimes, what are you living for is, I want to make it till tomorrow, and I want to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you think of that, why do you want to make it to tomorrow? Why do you want to provide for the family? It's, I want to give my kids the best opportunity in life. I want them to strive after Christ. I want my wife to strive after Christ. So it's kind of a reverse philosophy that I'm going to put in all the extra work and I'm going to keep running my my ship, essentially, so that my kids and wife have a better opportunity to follow Christ. When in reality, and like Chris is saying, what you're saying is, if my focus was on Christ first versus making ends meet, then Christ is going to work out right. the rest. So. That's his promise. He's faithful over and over again, and we have example, uh, an example. So I say, you know, ask yourself the question, have you given Jesus your heart, and then ask yourself the question, what's the big picture of your life? <clears throat> is the big picture of my life just trying to get the things done so I can provide for my family? Or is the big picture Jesus? He's my goal. He's my focus. Um, 
I said, if Jesus is not your focus, you'll be easily distracted by the demands of this world. If you establish in your heart, in your home, that Jesus is our focus, it's him. Kids, it's him. It's not the grades. It's not the college you're going to go to. It's not the person you're going to marry. It's Jesus. (coughs) All right? Our primary focus should be knowing and loving Jesus, developing an intimate relationship with him. That's our primary focus. All right, and we're going to get, because I knew Shane would ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to answer it a little He's bit there more. For you. He's That's there right. for <laughs> What makes it so difficult is, you know, I wake up tomorrow morning, and I'm just disgusted at where I, where I brought my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've made such a, such a mess out of it, and I'm in a career I would never have chosen because out of ignorance, I, I find myself in this place, mm-hmm. and it's just difficult to trust that there's a path out, or you know that, mm-hmm. that God is even going to lead in that. And mm-hmm. It's just there's a part of where you know it's just hard. It's like how do you? <laughs> you have a beautiful wife. And I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about my yeah. wife and children. Yeah, but that's the life the Lord has given you. I, uh, we can talk about that, but I, eighty percent of my life is not at home with my family. That's the unfortunate system we live right. in. Absolutely. I walk out. You know. Well, right. I, I wish I walked out the door, but I work in a cricket-fested basement most of the time. But um, anyways, you know, it's just like right. That's so, funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, right, you, you can me, you can you can look at a life lived, perhaps, not this way, and say, okay, here I am. But we have such a loving, kind, gentle Father that will take you at any moment, no matter where you're at, and make it right. And he'll use those things that were wrong and make them good. Yeah. So, I guess the difficult thing is, is when you've never experienced that relationally or right. you know, physically, I guess. It's hard right. to picture that spiritually. Right. And exactly. Be but, careful what you wish for. What's <laughs> that? You said you haven't experienced that personally. Like you're saying, I said, be careful what you wish for, because you know, he might give you a thump on the head and say, okay, here I am. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thump, but, yeah. right, well, we, right, and it, it's going to be harder, yeah. but God knows that, mm. and God is greater than that, and I think that's a prayer, definitely, is that we know the love of the Father, that he is willing and ready, but he doesn't force us. His, Martha's and Mary's choice was their choice. Okay? So, make sure that the big picture, the primary focus of your life, if you don't want to be distracted, too busy, is Jesus. Okay? Next, and we touched on this a little bit, um, and we've touched on this before, but number three, so what is the cure for busyness? Giving Him your whole heart, making Him the focus of your life, your relationship with Him, growing in intimacy with Him. Number three, so um, we've talked in different ways about this and and different things, but um, it's again why, we're going to go back to why was Martha seeking Jesus? Is there any clues um, I'm saying Martha now. Why was Martha? Here, listen to how she approaches. Um, listen to how she approaches Jesus. Okay, she invites Jesus into the home. Wonderful. We've all invited Jesus into our heart. Wonderful. But Martha's distracted. Okay. Um, you look here, and then she she approaches Jesus. Can you imagine this? She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? Wow. Asking, to, asking the Lord, don't you care? Okay. Uh, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? There's a footnote in my Bible that says, Martha thought Mary's style of uh, serving the Lord was inferior to her own. And... Uh, She's doing all the work and everything, and she didn't realize that her desire, she was actually neglecting the Lord. Right, right. She wasn't seeking the Lord for who the Lord was. So it sort of reveals her heart when we are seeking Jesus. So what did did she seek him for? 
tell her to help me. Jesus, I'm going to tell you what to do. Tell my sister to help me. Well, that's convicting because I think we do that a lot. Like, right. if you go back to number one, asking the Lord to direct and, and help you do what He wants you to do, not what you want to do. But if you are doing right. what you want to do and asking God to help you, now you go to God and have ask Him to have other people help you do what <laughs> you have decided to do for the Lord. Right, exactly. So what we... It's easy when when we're not seeking Jesus for who he is and we're seeking him for what he can do. And again, there's an element when, God, I just need you. You know, I'm not neglecting that part, but when we continually are just going to God to meet my needs, it's all about me. We It's very self-focused. We're seeking Jesus for ourself. It's not Christ-focused. Yeah, James. I think it's in talking about Martha was still serving. But you can serve Christ and not have the right attitude in mind. Right. And I think it was last week or the week before talking about if we wanted to serve, we'd be at a food pantry. But even when we go serve at a food pantry, right. is it more about look at what we are doing right. rather than are we helping someone else out? That's exactly right. Not just not just with what Martha was doing, but missions and church and even stuff like setting up, tearing down, mm-hmm. what's the motives behind it? Right, exactly. So if we're becoming self-focused, we're going to be directing God and questioning God, like Martha. If we're seeking God for what He can do for me, it's not happening. We're getting frustrated. We may be very self-focused, and we're seeking God for what He can do. And then what happens? We get frustrated, and we stop seeking Him. But in reality, God may be withholding the answer because He doesn't want you to continue that way. He just keeps blessing everything you do, everything you want. You don't need Him. You just need Him to do something for you. He may be withholding something to say, you need me. I'll take care of all the rest when you've got me. All right, so seeking Jesus for who He is, not what He can do. So check you know, why you're seeking why are you seeking? Um, another, I, I think we see what happens when we are seeking God for the wrong reasons. He, Jesus points it out. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. If you find worry, anxiety creeping into your life over and over again, you may be seeking God for not who he is, but what he can do for you. And you know what? You'll be doing the work alone. Martha did the work alone, right? Jesus wasn't going to give up Mary. He said, I'm not going to take it from her. You feel like you're doing your work alone, even working for the Lord? Maybe you better take a step back and say, wait a minute, what is my focus? Is it all about me? Or is it all about Christ? I said, um, you feel like you're doing the work alone in your own strength and your own energy? Careful, caution, this lifestyle keeps you very busy. You're trying to suppress your worries, suppress your anxiety. You're working, working, working. Nobody's helping me. i got to keep working, working, working. You're working harder to obtain perceived needs so your anxiety and worry leave you. I need to make money. So I can take, yeah, that's true, but is that the big picture? You need to go out and serve the Lord. The Lord will provide the money through your service. There's a difference. Is my primary goal making the money to take care of my family? Or is the primary goal going out to Kroger, serving God, and hey, I get paid for serving God. Wonderful. There's a difference there. It's your perspective. Why you're seeking God, where your focus is. Um makes a big difference. Again, if if you're if it's not on Christ, you will be bound up working, 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 busy, 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 anxious, 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 distracting you from what is the most important. All right. Next, I said make sure that Jesus is the one thing you need. Um he goes on to say, right? So Martha tells Jesus, you know, complaining, it's all about me. She's not helping me. Tell her to help me. 
And then Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. So I was going to have you write that on the other side of the card. What's the one thing you need in life? If I just said, hey, what's the one thing you need in life? Write it on a card. What would you guys write down, honestly? Jesus. Jesus is the right answer. Would we write that down? Or would we write, uh, whatever, a vacation, a break, a new job, a new this or that? Or If you concentrate on Jesus, he'll take care of everything else. All right, that's what he's telling them, Mary and Martha. Only one thing is needed. Only one thing um, but then, then this is where I'm getting into, but didn't Martha have to prepare for the guests? Doesn't, I mean, it's, I guess I don't want to point anybody, don't we have to get, don't I have to get up and go to work? I mean, I've got a, a box coming into me with 12 patient phone calls, 30 patient labs, uh, you know, and I mean, I just can't, I just can't let it go. You'll get to it. I'll get to it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I will, and I will, but it takes time and energy. Mm-hmm. Don't I need to do those things? Priorities. Priorities? It's, it's the pattern of the greatest commandments. We're taught first to love God and then to love people. And so Martha was loving through serving, but she forgot what was greater, which was to love God first. Mm-hmm. Well said. Again, where's the focus? What is the greatest need? If I'm letting the greatest need slip for lesser needs, I've become too busy. You've heard of the trickle-down effect? What's that? You know, you start at the top of something, and then the results of that something trickles down to affect the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. So if you start out with Jesus first, then that's going to trickle down and affect the rest of your day. Right. So. How you view life, how you view the circumstances that exactly. hit you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the fourth thing, go ahead. Well, I mean, I think by, the things have to be done. There are things in our lives that have to be done, certainly. And the Bible also commands us, actually, to do those things. Paul said, you need to work. So he means that you have to work. But the difference is, when we seek God and put Him first and He's that one thing, He shows us the things that truly need to be done. And He gives us the power to do those things in His strength for His glory. That makes all the difference. The things will get done. He'll show us. He'll give us the energy. But He'll also eliminate a lot of junk that doesn't need to be there. Right. Right. Absolutely. When we start our day, He clarifies what's most important. I, I know it uh, going to work. If, if my focus, if I haven't been with the Lord in the morning praying for my patience the day, for, for, to love Jesus to Jesus to love people through me I'm going through my day just trying to get the next task done keep people happy so I'm not late walking in the door you know, trying to meet their needs but when my focus is on Christ it's totally different I'm entering that room saying, okay Lord this is a divine encounter, keep me sensitive to what they need teach me Show me what is being said beyond their words. And it's amazing how the Lord shifts away the things that don't matter and you get right to what matters for eternity. So that you don't focus on anything but the task right at the hand. Right. Right when you're doing that. You're not thinking about anything else. You're taking care of that. Like Mary. Exactly. (laughs) Sitting at his feet. Uh, Rick. uh, I don't know. I was or whatever, but... um, uh, the idea of we love because he first loved us, like we can't love without him first loving us. And that's the energy and realizing that he loves us. If we don't, we don't wake up every morning and realize he loves us, we're going to be trying to get that love from someone else. And like people, the thing people owe us. I'm going to do this, and then they owe, they owe me because I did this for them. So we know that God's love is unconditional. And we're going to love people in that way. All right, absolutely. Susan, you had a question. No, I was just going to say, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but there are times when I go through the motions of 
I'm going to read my Bible and think I'm seeking my time with him, think I'm seeking him, but still things are in my mind distracting me even from focusing mm -hmm. on the Lord at that time. And so I can come away frustrated that, mm -hmm. and I don't even know at that moment that I'm frustrated, but still not having that same, oh, I've been refreshed in the Lord and I'm going through with my heart prepared for the day. It's mm -hmm. still like, ugh, these things are still hanging over me that I still need to do, but oh yeah, I met with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't. I think it's only you. <laughs> but if there's a pattern of living that goes on for weeks and months, I think I'm, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do and spending time with the Lord, but I'm not really with Him. It's just like if Keith comes home from work and I'm telling him about my day and I can look at him and his eyes are like glared over because I'm still thinking about, I don't know what, maybe he's just exhausted from his day. But I can tell he's not... I can tell when he's listening, <coughs> right. when he's not. You know, so I think that that happens to us. Right. Exactly. No, no, it happens. To I mean, we have an adversary, the devil, trying to distract us from what's most important. James said something. But, okay, so we're going to have to meet and go over this in detail. Right, these would, these guys got to leave. I would just say, what, I understand what Shane's saying, but it's not so much that you're doing different things, it's like how you're doing them. Like my wife, for example... She's doing the same job, right? Like going from one semester to the next, but her focus is different. Right. So, like, I just see the difference in her. She's not worn down because the focus is different. Yeah. It's easy to say. That's it's right. To live. Yeah. Uh, just keep seeking the Lord first. Hey, give him your heart. Make him the big picture. Seek him for him. He's the only thing you need. He's faithful. Come on, Shane. He's faithful. <laughs> Uh, James. Yeah, I, I think, too, what you're saying, I agree 100% with it, but what the world teaches is 180 degrees, and it's finding the world every single day, because, like, especially when you're managing, you're looking for efficiencies, you're looking for ways to free up time, and taking time out of your day to spend with Christ, what sort of result is that going to get from a work perspective is a thought process, but obviously, if you take that time, Efficiencies come throughout the rest of the day because your attitude's better, okay. your patience is there. So it's it's right. a constant fight, and it's, it's every single morning waking up right. that you have to focus on. What's right. right. So, which brings up what was Martha missing out on? Because she chose good. She opened up her home. She's serving the Lord. But fellowship, what, fellowship with Him. Right. We're missing out on what's best is the intimacy with Christ. And that's what he's after. He's not after... He doesn't need any of us to work for him, right? He can write it in the sky. Every night. You know what I mean? He, he can do... He uses us, and it's such a blessing and a privilege to be used by him. But he wants our hearts first. And then the service is coming from that. So, but we're also missing out on God revealing himself, and that's how we grow in this intimate walk. So when we say, you know what? I'm going to get my time with Christ. I'm not, I, I know I've got these ten things to do, but God, I know you're faithful. You're going to provide. I'm going to trust you, and he'll show up every time. When we want to do it all on our own, <clears throat> we're going to be worn out because we're doing it on our own strength. As James was saying, I mean, you can, you can have somebody go through the same task in the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're not drained. They're not worn. They're not frustrated like Martha she would have sat before the Lord's feet and then maybe he said, okay, it's time to get up. Let's do our work. She's doing it energized. She's doing it with everybody with the power of the Holy Spirit in her because she sat first with Christ. So you can do the same task with his energy without being anxious or upset or worried knowing that you're glorifying God. And there's no greater privilege than that knowing I'm going to work today to glorify my Father. Um, so, okay. The last thing is, it's our choice. Right? What did, what did he say? What did he say? So there's one thing needed. Mary has chosen. God's not going to force this on you. He's standing with open arms, right? Even to an obstinate people. <laughs> the Israelites and to us, his arms are open. 
They're wanting, they're begging, they're beckoning us to come to him. But it's our choice. Jesus didn't condemn her. Did he condemn Martha? Martha, why are you up working? Come on, sit at my feet. He didn't condemn her. But he's <coughs> telling her, I'm better. I'm the best. You, you follow me. It wasn't a sinful choice she made, but she's missing out on that intimacy. What life is, that's the big picture. The big picture of our life should be to say, you know what, I want to know God, I want to know Jesus, and I want to live my life in intimacy with Him. Whatever He chooses to do is His business. He may want you up front teaching, He might want you in the parking lot, he, whatever He wants. You're too busy, and your focus is on you. It's not on God. You're gonna miss the small. I mean, the big blessings God does are awesome. But I think it gets me fired up more is the small things God does throughout the day. Yeah. And then you can use those. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a missionary, but we all can testify. Right. And I think it's more powerful than anything. And yeah. to testify in this church to our life, right. life right now is blown us away. Like Rick's talked about, it wasn't. Okay, you owe me back now when I get hurt or something. No, the selflessness in this church is unbelievable. Right. And it's just given just to help the need. Exactly. That's huge. And it's it's the Holy Spirit moving people to to do this. Um, so I said, are you choosing good over best? Jesus didn't condemn her. What will we miss out on if our schedules distract us? We'll miss out on the big picture. We'll miss out on intimacy with God. So if you're too distracted, too busy, you're missing out on what life is all about. And we have to think beyond the temporal. We've got to start thinking eternally. What does my difference, what I do today, make a difference in eternity? We have to be focused that way, not on, oh my gosh, whatever, I'm in debt, or I've got so much work to do. No, how can I do that work to bring you glory? The missionary, wherever you're at. Right. All missionaries. Finally, um, Got to wrap it up here, but um, so don't miss out on what's best by being too busy. But what does this story say about Jesus? Again, when we're reading the scriptures, we're looking, God, show me who you are. When we seek God, we're talking about seeking God. Remember, God, I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me so I can love you more. Fill me with your love so I can love others more. But what does this say about Jesus? James. He's more concerned with the relationship than he is with the actions or anything else which is going on. Right. What else? Um, like what Jesus said, uh, I, I always do the will of the Father. So if, if Martha had drawn near him, she wouldn't be doing what she's doing. Right. You can't get closer to the Father than Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Right, what else? Any other thoughts? When I read this story, again, I love the sinful woman at the feet of Jesus. I love this story. I love these stories of women at the feet of Jesus. That's who I identify with most, interestingly, in my life. But um, doesn't it speak of an intimate God who wants to know you, who knows you, wants you to know Him, who loves you and wants fellowship with you. He says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Jesus values intimacy, fellowship with us. Not our, I mean, I don't want to you know, demean service, so that's a byproduct of this relationship. So if I go out and serve, you didn't tell me to wrap it up, but if I go out and serve the Lord, we talked about it, but I have not love, I have not a loving fellowship relationship with Christ, it's nothing. It's meaningless. And I see it all the time. People are going here, going there, and they can't even get five or ten minutes in the Word of God. I say, this is backwards. This is backwards. We get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit through an intimate relationship with Christ, and then He sends us out, right? Wait here until the Spirit on high comes. Wait here in Jerusalem. Then I'll fill you with my Spirit. Then you'll go out. But then you'll go out in His power, doing His work for His glory. 
then we're not too busy because it's all about Him. We exist for God. God does not exist for us. We got to remember that. Oh, time to go? No. Uh, I was going to say something. I don't know. <coughs> um, no, I was going to say that, you know, we have this story in the scripture, and then we have in Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God. You don't have to worry about the clothing and the food, right? Seek first the kingdom. So we have these examples of Jesus saying, this is what's important. There's no place in scripture that I know of that says, stop seeking God and go out and do things. Because I, I think, you know, there, I don't, I, obviously God knew that wouldn't be a pro- an issue, right? That you could just seek me too much. Because if we're seeking God like we're supposed to, He's going to show us the things we need to do. And we'll so do I it. don't think we ever have to worry, oh, I'm seeking God too much. Right. Because if we're, our hearts are truly right. before Him, He's going to put all the stuff in place. And, and the class has already alluded to it, and that was what I was going to say to Shane. God is so faithful that when I do these things, when I open, give Him my whole heart, and He becomes the big picture of my life, I'm seeking Him for Him, He's the only thing I need. What's going to happen in your life will get done. What needs to get done will get done. He's that faithful. He will give you the discipline. He will get you up to get you... He will provide the funds. I mean, he, he just... He's faithful. <clears throat> but we always want control. We don't trust Him that He's not... So we've got to take it in our own hands. And we're jumping from this thing to that thing. And it's, we're just trying to... No, sit before me. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to take care of... That's my whole life story. And Gina can attest to that. It's getting before the Father, and Father, you bring me where you want to bring me. And men have said, you'll never get there, you won't do that. I just say, if God wants it in my heart, I'm saying, God, if you want me there, I'll be there, because you're God. I'm just going to give you my life, day after day after day. And then He does what, what, what He wishes. So He's faithful. If we do that, you don't have to worry. There's no worry. He is faithful. So you don't have to worry about not getting the bills paid. You don't have to worry about not getting the tasks done. He will provide the time, the energy, the strength. He'll do it in His power. I mean, I can't say it over and over again. He is faithful. He is so good. When you give yourself to Him, you're going to get so much more in return. And it's going to last for eternity. His rewards are for eternity. And you will be, James giving everything you need for your children. We think we need the money, the education, this and this. You show them a father and mother's heart surrendered to God. That's what they need. All right, did James, did you have a question? Oh. I was just going to add to what Gina was saying. Is never say stop seeking me. We will say stop doing things for me to seek me. Absolutely. So it's... Mm-hmm. it's uh, even if you think you're doing the right thing by doing works for him, he can still put you in your place with that too. Mm-hmm. Right, because he wants our heart. All right. Um, I, I'll close us in prayer, and then we'll uh, get going here. Remember, to, again, we did you send around a prayer list? I, I know uh, Holly and John have a lot of sickness in the home, but keep the light in in your prayers too as we go through the weeks. I'll be gone next week and the following week. Next week it's Rick, is that right? And then the next week Doc is is graciously going to give up his time to come in the following week. So how's Daryl Much better. Much better. He's moving towards getting his peg tube out. Um he had surgery to sort of correct his paralyzed palate, which has helped his swallowing a lot. Um, so he's walking without a cane. Mm-hmm. He should go home this month. When he gets the tube out, he'll come back home, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, praise the Lord, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, I will lead us in prayer. And I do, guys, really don't let this float in your mind and out because the busyness of the kids screaming and crying and the necessary food and work. But really, keep yourselves accountable to answer these questions. Have I given him my heart? 
write down what is the big picture of my life show it to your wife and she'll either laugh or not <laughs> uh, ask yourself am I seeking God for who God is right be a Mary and all of these things and remember only one thing is needed write it down really what do I need in my life sometimes I just say just to get through today to be honest with you <laughs> but um, we need the Lord so Make sure it doesn't just go in one ear and out the other, because this is critical to our busy schedules. All right. Father, we're so grateful for your word that displays who you are and what you want from us and what this life is all about. Lord, we just pray that you would move so in our hearts that you would turn us from worthless things, selfish desires, and put them back on you. Forgive us, Father, for chasing after the world, for being distracted by the world, for being selfish when we seek you, for being deceived by the calls and the lures of this world and our flesh. Father, we ask the blood to cleanse us and not only cleanse us but to change us put a holy fire in our hearts Lord I pray that you would give us the desire to offer our bodies as living sacrifices presented before your holy fire be cleansed and purified God that you would be what we seek for who you are, that you would be the big picture of our life, that you would truly be the one thing we need, that busyness would no longer have a hold on us, chain us down, Lord, that we could look at busyness and have such peace, peace knowing that you're first, that you're what we need. And Lord, may it come from a heart that's totally yours. In your name we pray. Amen. <coughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. I want to ask you something.